Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guests are Managing Director of Cox & Co, John Cox, and Business Development Manager, Neil Bukes. Morning, guys. Morning, morning, morning. Lovely to see you, John. So, lovely to see you both too. Yes. And I think I'll just add in that it's the 50th episode of Let's Talk, so... Oh, and privilege. Very privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Reached half a century already. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, since we last met, which was just after lockdown, the first lockdown, there's been a lot of development for Cox & Co, including the expansion of the team. Yeah, Do you want absolutely. to say, just introduce that, actually, because Neil, you're quite new to the team, aren't yes, you? Yes, very much so. Just recently joined, actually. Yeah, so Neil joined us um, beginning of December. It would have been the first, end of the first week, but beginning of the second week of December. We had a real kind of fun few weeks leading into the festive period, whereby it was basically spending that first few weeks getting to know each other, giving Neil a whistle-stop tour of the business and, and what the plans are going into 2022 with the whole kind of aim that first week of January all guns are blazing into the new position whether you like it or not. Very much so. I think it was a nice period to embed before the start of a new year. So from that perspective it was really good can kind of learn the processes, obviously a new office for me etc etc but yeah it was really good, really good embedding period. Absolutely I think it was a difficult time um, for for both of us, because neither of us knew exactly what the role was going to be on day one. Um, I'm sure we can get into that maybe a bit later, but ultimately the, the, the thing was that we needed that time to sit down and actually work out and create the role. We both wanted to work together. I was desperate to get somebody in to assist with me with the, with the overall growth strategy, and um, we both, both just hit it off. So that, that first few weeks was great. They were able to sit down Very and spend a lot of time leading into the festive period when the market was a little bit quiet. Spent a lot of time drinking lots of coffees and just <laughs> chatting about what the plan will be for this year. Because, Neil, you've always been in property. I think you trained as a draftsman in South Africa. Correct. So tell us a bit about this, as you're originally from there, and also just how you found yourself in yeah. property in Scotland. So, yeah, going back, obviously, when I was in high school, um, one of my main passions was technical drawing. And then from that, it developed, and I went to tertiary education at Durban Technical College, where I studied in drafting and basically did a very similar equivalent to an HNDC, um, which was called a MDDOP, Multidisciplinary Drawing Office Practice. That's easy for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, and then um, excelled in that, and I got a job in South Africa uh, as a junior draftsman, and then at that stage, I got a bug to travel. So uh, that led me over to the UK, and I landed initially um, down south in London, stayed there for a period of time. And if I could, uh, yeah, very similar to South Africa, you have Edinburgh and you have Durban. Durban's very much a beach city. Edinburgh is quite more relaxed and slowed down. You have Johannesburg, which is very fast paced, which is very similar to London. So coming from Durban, I was more akin to, to being somewhere like Edinburgh. So moving up from London, I enjoyed it a little bit, but then obviously moving up to Edinburgh, um, I enjoyed a lot more. And then that obviously started my property journey at that stage where basically um, it was quite tough to get into the industry with no experience. But then eventually, when I did get into the, uh, the industry, it, it started right at the bottom in terms of the maintenance department. 
So yeah, I cut my teeth in terms of doing maintenance, which was very exciting at the time. And then from there, my journey just went onwards and upwards from there, which has been quite exciting journey to, uh, to date. So yeah, just to give you a little bit of background in terms of the journey itself, um, I worked for a lot of fantastic bosses and mentors. Along that journey, um, uh, I moved to Clouds Property Management, okay. where they not only do um, long-term lets, but short-term lets too. So that was quite an exciting part um, of the journey to, to be able to facilitate short-term lets for the corporate market. Um, working under Mark McLeod, mm -hmm. fantastic boss and a great mentor along the journey. Um, I worked there for approximately eight years and then I got the opportunity via David Alexander from DJ Alexander's to move over to them. Um, I thought at that uh, time of my life, it was a good opportunity to work for a bigger firm, mm -hmm. um, get more exposure um, in the market, which has been fantastic. Um, and obviously working under David, he's also a great mentor, a great boss. I worked there for approximately six years. And then I got to a stage where I thought, you know, I want to see what the next challenge within property is going to be. Thus, um, speaking to Michelle and Jobs and Letting, which, uh, yeah, we might get onto a little bit later. But, um, yeah, she's fantastic in, in her own right in terms of the recruitment side of, of, of Lettings. Um, spoke to her and then, yeah, just developed meeting John um, over a couple of coffees. And then off the back of that, uh, my next step is now investment within property. Yeah, because as you mentioned, Jobs and Letting introduced you to Cox & Co. Um, and Cox & Co, we know, are, are strong. I've spoken to you before, John, or a few times, that they're a, a really strong, well-connected team. So, you know, why was it important for you, for, for Neil, to, to be a good fit within that team? Yeah. Since since starting Cox and Co, one of the big things for me was making sure that there's a wonderful sort of team dynamic. Um, I always kind of hark back to my my rugby days and career. It, it's really important for me to make sure that the team all get on great. There's a there's a lovely mix in the office of different characters. We've obviously we're a company of three different industries in some ways. You know, we've got our finance team, we've got our property team, we've got our sales and investments team. Um, so it's important that everybody gets on and we can uh, collaborate really well together on a daily basis. So every time I'm looking to try and bring somebody else into the team, it's not just about their CV and their experience, they've got to be the right fit, the right type of person and character. And um, so when it came to the time whereby I felt I needed to kind of not get off the tools as such, I needed to kind of be able to delegate a bit more. Um, I've done all of our business development for years upon years, since we started, every bit of growth has always come off the back of me having to put one other job to the side to go and network or go and find something else to do. And it was really important to try and find somebody at this stage to come on board and help me with the, with the growth aspect of the business. Um, Michelle at Jobs and Letting, we've again met over coffee. It seems to be something we keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. We met a good, a good while ago. Actually, it was Mark at Clouds that introduced me um, to Michelle, which is quite mm -hmm. bizarre. Very... She'll show you within the Edinburgh industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a coffee a good few years ago, and it was the first time, first time I've actually used Jobs and Lettings for part of our recruitment. And the first CV she actually put in my direction was Neil's. Oh, and really? Yeah, and it's quite bizarre how these sort of things work. I mentioned to her that I'm looking for somebody, I'm not quite sure what it is I wanted. I needed a, a head of new business, a business development manager, somebody that can take over this side. And she goes, and stop right there, I've got just the man, let me send you his CV. Yeah. And within two days, we'd, we'd got together, um, had a coffee, and, and before you know it, we kind of hit off. And yeah. it was amazing. It was, so, it was so important for me at the time that the person that comes on board not only 
will fit in with the team but understands the vision. So I probably, spoke, as always, I, I spoke far too much, I'm sure. I probably spoke at Neil for a good t- sort of two, three, four hours over the course of a couple of weeks. And thankfully, he kept smiling at me and nodding, which made me think, OK, you must get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then here we are. It's yes. great. And did you say, because the property market, the property industry within Edinburgh is so small because, obviously, we, I know that you're very good friends with Mark McLeod. Absolutely. Clouds, and yep. then, obviously, you've worked for Clouds Correct. and yep. the whole connection with Michelle. But it's not only Neil that's the new recruit. Sure. Um, you've also hired some other additional staff. Um, that you mentioned earlier. So can you go into a bit more detail about their roles? And I think you also have someone about to start as well. Yeah, we've got a new start joining us on Monday, who is uh, another property manager with over 10 years experience. Um, in based, she's originally based in Fife and joins me on Monday to come into the big city and uh, join our ever-growing property management team. We've also now got um, another property manager who's just joined us, um, Lisa. She's been with us um, for about six weeks, um, with a background she came to us from another letting agency here in Edinburgh and has joined us, which has been fantastic. The, the beauty, what I, what I was trying to create last year was I would really try to bring some, some how can I put this, positivity, um, some, some characters, some people with some real life behind them when they come walking into the new office. Look, we've just went through two years of lockdowns and working from homes and so much volatility and negativity in, in everyone's lives and when we moved to our new premises on Castle Terrace last May it hit home to me that we've got a suite of five offices here and um, we've got a lettings office, the mortgage and finance office, we've got my office in the back, we've got the boardroom, we've got the, the war room as well, we'll talk about the war room later <laughs> if you want to, uh, but the team's well spread out. So it's important for me when we are collaborating that everyone gets on and there's some people with some serious positivity now that we're all back 100% in the office. So it's become a, a real push for me that every time we've been recruiting recently that the person brings some light and joy into the office at the same time as well as their experience uh, in their own profession. Absolutely. But I mean, your other employees, they've been with you, most of them have been with you a considerable amount of time. Um, so tell us a bit more about the other members of the team sure. and, and how you overcame the challenges then as an organisation during the yeah, pandemic. I mean, I've always been quite proud of that. Our, our um, team retention is, has always been fantastic. You know, we've had some guys with us. Mike's been with us. This is his eighth year that he's been with me yes. now, um, which isn't really well known. How can I put this? Unknown within the, the lettings industry, from my understanding, there's obviously quite a high turnover in staffing yeah. acro- across the industry, whereas my team have been with us for a, a, a long time. And um, a, a lot of that, again, is probably, I'd like to think, they understand the vision, what I'm trying to create here. Is a, is a, we are very much a niche business um, here in Edinburgh, across the Central Belt, and what we're trying to build, they've all jumped on board. And like I mentioned before, I don't try and lead as a, as a manager or a managing director, if you will. I try and be part of the team on a daily basis and almost the team captain, if you will. And try, we're try, all trying to kind of pull in the same direction. I think that's why they've all stuck with me for so long, um, even with how much I kind of go on and my, my rubbish jokes. But they all kind of look as <laughs> so you had to laugh at that. That's one tick of the box. <laughs> I can, um, yeah. I agree with what John's saying there. Even for the short space of time, I've uh, been a Cox and Co. Um, and maybe I've said it in the past. There's not often, you know, leaders or bosses that can think if you give them ten ideas, they give you eight reasons of why you can do them, rather than eight reasons of why not you can do them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from that perspective, um, it's been a breath of fresh air, starting with uh, with Cox and Co. and obviously working under John. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the, to go back to your other point there, you mentioned about COVID and mm-hmm. the pandemic and lockdowns and all that negativity that we're not going to get into today. <laughs> There's plenty of other podcasts people can go listen to about that <laughs> elsewhere. It, it was difficult for, for everyone out there. And we we got through it in, um, it sounds, sounds terrible, so I'm fully conscious and aware of people very close to me as well that haven't managed to succeed or, or, get, or get through it as, as well as they would have liked. For us, we, we moved offices during that time. You know, we've expanded, we've increased um, revenues, we've, we've taken on more staff, and it's become um, looking into for, forecasting for 2022. It's a, it's a real serious um, potential for some massive growth for us. So yes, look, we've got through it very, very well, relatively unscathed, shall we, shall we, shall we say. Um, and now the future's bright, and that's how I want to try and keep things in the office, is yes. that we can concentrate on the positivities and, and the growth. Well, since we last met, I mean, there's been, you know, a huge change to the structure of the business and you've now moved into the managing director position. Can you tell us a bit more about this and, and what it means to you personally and also for the company? Sure. Um, last year, it was, a uh, how, how can we put this, essentially, I bought my father out of the business, for, for, so I'm now majority shareholder of the company. Um, it's allowed my father to now retire to some extent. He's still very much classed as a non-exec director of the company, chairman uh, of the company moving forward. He'll still grace us with his presence and his even worse jokes than mine um, on, a, on a weekly basis in the office and be part of our management meetings and he's still very much uh, a big part of the company and he always will. Um, but it also now allows him to spend a lot more time with mum uh, up in Balerno and and do a lot more fun things rather than coming to the office and fighting with me. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's allowed me to kind of, in, in, in the nicest of senses, it allows me now to kind of be the master of my own universe, if you will. It allows me to kind of bring the business into um, 2022, go down, as I said, my growth plans and be able to kick on from here in terms of what I want to do with the business. So what are your main aims then for the next few years? I mean, we touched on it in the last podcast slightly, but I think even then I was still trying to get my head around what the plan is for Cox & Co., a lot of people know us as being either a letting agency or a mortgage brokerage. They don't, and that we had clients even up until a couple of years ago that didn't didn't know either or. They either came to us for a mortgage and didn't even know we had a portfolio under management and vice versa. What we've been trying to roll out over the last couple of years is getting everybody to understand all the different roles and facets of the business. Now, I'd like to think the majority of people now know us as a letting business that has our own mortgage brokering wing that can also do property sourcing and can specialise in property investment. With those powers combined you know, together, like Power Rangers coming together, <laughs> um, we've, we've coined, or what we've, our main brand proposition that we've coined is property investment management. We're turning the business on its head and what we're trying to create is become uh, the, the premier firm in Scotland for property investment and for landlords that are looking to grow their portfolios, if they're looking to restructure their portfolios, be able to come to a company that understands both sides of the coin, they understand how to not just manage their properties, but how to manage their finances on a daily basis, how to report to them properly on a quarterly and annual basis in terms of not just your properties being rented out and everything's great, but going along the lines of understanding occupancy rates, void periods, the actual net return they're receiving on their property investments, understanding how to utilise leverage across their portfolios correctly and being able to let, offer that sort of level of advice, um, not just on a one-off basis, but 
whatever time the client needs to have that helping hand or assistance. Yeah, because personal service has always been a core value of Cox and Co. So, how can you then? How can you both ensure that this is still fulfilled as the as the company expands? Sure. Well, the key is this. From, from a growth perspective and to making sure that we're still providing the personal service, we're not going, or should I say, I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be leading the way I still do a lot of our client meetings, um, a lot of our discovery calls, uh, I'm, I'm still hosting a lot of those. Um, and that my intention is to continue training with Neil to, to ensure that we get to a stage whereby Neil can also assist with these and start being able to have a full understanding of, of what these sort of clients' needs are and how we can essentially assist. Um, it's important for me to make sure that the platform's there within the business. Hence why we've got enough property management um, staff so the property team is big enough to handle some serious growth. You know, the, we're, we're in a position right now whereby we're probably overstaffed in a, from the lettings perspective because I'm expecting us in some ways to kind of grow the portfolio to a, a serious level over the course of the next two years. And I want to make sure that right now we're in a position that we could do that almost overnight if you know, we have the people on board to do so. From an operational standpoint, the, the, the mortgages and finance and sales and sourcing side, we've got a team of fantastic professionals that, again, have all got you know, minimum 10 years experience in the industry each. So they all have an understanding of each area of that side of the business. So right now, I don't see, we, I don't see how it's possible for us to lose that personal touch. Um, I think we'd probably be looking to review that in probably two to three years' time. And at that point, it's whether or not we increase the, grow the platform, shall we say, the operational side of the business. But for now, I'm very comfortable that everyone will still continue to receive that kind of tailored mm. bits of advice. I think putting the foundations down and the platform down where you've got your room to grow rather than growing and then looking back and trying to create that platform, that's where you lose the personalized service. That's where you lose the customer service. And me and John have had a lot of conversations about making sure that platform is correct. And uh, John's laid the, the groundwork for that. So yeah, we're quietly confident that it's, it's gonna go very well moving forward. I know, cause in, in a recent conversation with you both, you said you wanted to change the world of property management. So can you tell the listeners about the, yeah. this objective? I think, I think by that point, it was definitely too many coffees. <laughs> far too much. Wait for it, not working with our end. I think that must have been the end of day phone call between the three of us, whereby we're all fueled on caffeine and trying to change the world better place. But we believed it. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, we do believe it. Yes. I think maybe that's a bit far-fetched, trying to change mm -hmm. the face or change the world of property management as we know it. But the enthusiasm, the drive behind that yeah. is, you know, says There it is all. one thing I would say, though, on that, is that we're trying, it's not about trying to change it. We're trying to, um, we as a company realise that um, property management needs to evolve. And I don't, personally, I don't believe there's enough agencies out there right now that are being proactive enough with their own evolution. Um, the amount of changes in legislation, um, where, the, where the game's going, COVID did massively change the industry, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. We have always, always, and I'm constantly harping on the team, for us to be as proactive a team as possible. We do not sit back in the office and wait for the phone to ring, and we never have. I've always tried to make us a very proactive letting agency, and as we move into becoming a property investment management firm, it's even more important now for my team to constantly be reviewing our portfolio. Um, as a company, and I'll put my wallet on the table right now and say we're one of the only companies. I won't say we're the only, because I don't want someone to come <laughs> in and take my wallet. We're one of the only um, companies that we actually know the value of our whole portfolio. We valued every property under management. And we're sitting right now about 80% knowledge of how much equity 
we um, we have under management, almost treating it like an investment management firm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important for me to have those reviews with all of our landlords so we understand how much of their wealth is tied up in property so we understand how much money we're managing for these clients. It's really important. So not only that, but we know exactly what our occupancy rates have been for the last three years. And we've got a projection based on what occupancy we're looking to try and get across the portfolio for 2022. I, do I think other companies are doing that? No, I, I strongly believe that they're not. And I'm, if anything, I urge them to sit down and devise some form of strategy or structure, either utilising their CRM or upgrading their CRMs to make sure that they are looking at this. Because it's so vitally important that we are educating our landlords as to why they're in the game in the first place. Um, Especially with so much change and then, you know, some of them being so concerned that, you know, obviously we're, we're hearing and seeing more landlords exiting the market so yeah, yeah that's absolutely as a, as a business owner that. in letting support mm-hmm. to management there's nothing i hate more than in meeting a disgruntled landlord and the reason why they're disgruntled is because they can't afford to be a landlord in the first place and it's quite frightening accidental landlords are everywhere and so many of them actually feel quite constrained they've almost got like, the property is almost a noose around their neck mm-hmm. and it's, it's vitally important for our company and for all of my team to be able to educate those landlords and assist them and if they're not wanting to continue after being educated, then we can help them by exiting them. Yeah. Help them sell that property onto an investor that you know, an investor landlord that wants more properties onto their portfolio. And what we can do at that point is assist with some fantastic due diligence that we built over a number of years of managing mm-hmm. that property, the rent rolls there, etc. etc. Um, and we've helped so many clients exit at the same time as helping them build their portfolios. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, landlords as you see, kind of accidental landlords or landlords with smaller portfolios, you know, could really benefit from their agents being, their agency being far more proactive. Correct. As you're talking about, because just now there's been, you know, well in the last few years, there's been so much change in legislation, but particularly even with COVID, there's a lot of temporary legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know if that's going to be extended, some of it being made permanent. As a lot of landlords do find it hard to, to, to keep up with, with all these changes. So yeah, I mean, obviously, is this something that you are concentrating on and informing your landlords? Absolutely. Is part of the process? Back to that proactive approach that I mm-hmm. mentioned. We, um, as soon as we heard that there was a bug going around in March <laughs> 20, um, the first thing we did, or should say the first thing Mike Erskine did, our head of portfolio, was he wrote to all of our tenants and said, there's a potential of some level of volatility ahead and let's keep a real open dialogue. If you have any issues or worries or concerns, contact us now. And then after that, he actually made a lot of phone calls to a lot of the potential tenants that he felt may have had issues. We came at the end of this, it sounds like I'm trying to blow our own trumpet, but we had zero arrears. Good. We so you could have preempted a lot of issues that could have arisen Absolutely. with your own landlords. Absolutely. You know, I spent a lot of time with other agents in the industry and there were so many of them that had massive arrears, big concerns and so on. And I had to keep myself quiet at the time because we were going well, because we, again, communicated well in advance. And then we spoke with all of our landlords and um, we, we contacted them all and you know, let them know that they can come to us if they had any concerns as well. And then we just communicated with them as and when there ever were any issues. If a payment was a few days late, we made, that, we made contact with them in advance to try and keep everyone as proactive as possible. The same thing with legislations and changes in legislation. Goodness, we, we again, I can't remember if we touched on this in the last podcast, but we were out there proactively telling landlords about the potential changes in energy rating and energy efficiency in properties three years ago. 
three years ago. Gosh. And there were still there's still agents out there right now that don't even know the energy mm-hmm. changes that are coming up. Um, it's unbelievable. So it, and maybe part of that was because back then from our our was quite we're quite fortunate we have a mortgage brokering background as well. So at that time through the finance industry and FCA, they were already giving us guidelines based on, on lending from a buy-to-let perspective, which maybe perhaps opened our eyes to these things slightly earlier. We were just in quite a fortunate position. Mm-hmm. But and that we use that quite often. Any updates we're getting from the FCA from mortgage lenders from a buy-to-let perspective, from a lending perspective, we will review that um, in our collaboration meetings and say, how could this potentially affect our landlords? How could this affect the properties under management? And how could this affect tenants? And off the back of it, it's again trying to relay this information as swiftly as possible to our um, clients via mail shots um, or when they're coming in past for their quarterly annual reviews and so on that we're taking a few minutes to kind of walk them through it. And some might kind of yawn or roll their eyes. Here's another kind of industry update from John. But it's important for us to continually kind of Absolutely. put that information out to them in case it, you know, that light bulb moment or penny drops for them. They think, oh goodness, now's, this, now's the time to strike or now's the time to get out or now's mm. the time to maybe do that, you know, that refurb that you've been telling me to do for the last couple of years. Great. Well, um, Cots & Cove just launched the new website, haven't they? It's or they're about to. Well, so uh, today, Labor of love. The, day, yeah. the day of recording this, <laughs> it's not launched. By the time this goes live, it will be launched. A hundred percent. We spoke about this in the last podcast, mm-hmm. and that was just over a year ago. And I think I said then, yeah, it's about to be launched. But that's probably been one of the biggest challenges we've had throughout COVID. A lot of the jobs, a lot of the tasks that I had on my desk that normally I would have time to work on, I just didn't. We were moving offices, we were taking on new staff, we were dealing with remote working and putting all the right sort of processes in place for that. So a lot of the kind of jobs that you would normally take on all had to be parked. Since um, October last year, I've finally now managed to kind of rekindle things, get things moving with my web developer um, and our um, brand managers. And we're now finally at a point whereby the, the final draft of the new website is sitting in a link in my inbox as we speak. And after this, I'll be going back to the office to cross-check that. Hopefully, in the next two weeks, we'll be launching with a brand new, fantastic uh, website that's really interactive. We'll provide a lot more content in terms of the property inv- investment management proposition. Again, that's a hard one to say. <laughs> um, and I'd like to think it's going to become a hub for a lot of our clients and prospective clients to go on there, download some real interesting content that we're currently writing in the background. Um, to again, if they're not, if we don't have the time to sit on a Zoom call or have them pass the office to educate, they can almost educate themselves by getting, getting their hands on some of the content. We can hopefully, if it sounds good to them, then they can jump on board and I'll, I'll put them in touch with Neil to get them signed up. <laughs> it's an exciting time to be part of the evolution mm-hmm. in terms of the new websites. And obviously John's given me a sneak peek of it. And yeah, it's very, very exciting to see what's coming out. So Thank yeah, you. watch yeah, this space. Indeed. <laughs> well, on a more personal note, um, so back to South Africa, Neil, do you miss South Africa? I mean, do you go back at all? Yeah, no, I definitely miss South Africa. I was obviously born and raised there. Uh, I believe the weather is a little bit better than Edinburgh. No, <laughs> <Yeah. is it? laughs> and Tropical obviously, Edinburgh. yes, growing up in a beach city, you're always close to the beach, and um, it's probably a little bit warmer than Porty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, d- I definitely miss uh, South Africa. I've still got family there. I've still got a lot of friends there. Um, I don't visit it as much as I'd like to, obviously, because I'm a bit more established here, and I've got some family that I've moved over. Um, but yeah, it'll always have a place in my heart in terms of South Africa, very much so. What about you, John? Is, have you ever lived abroad or is there any kind of place that 
you know, had strong connections for you? I, I did have a, a short spell in south of France. I lived in south okay. of France when I was 21 on a rugby contract. My, mm-hmm. my, yeah, my, that was when I moved out there just before my 21st birthday. So that was an interesting yes. time of my life, living um, there um, literally eating baguettes and foie gras and <laughs> learning about red wine and finer things in life at a very, very young age. Do you speak French? Are you fluent in French? At the time, I would say I was conversational. Right. And now, now I'm only good at French when I'm drunk. I can't say any French and I would actually understand it. But I'm, I'm happy. It's like Joey from Friends. I don't know what sort of French comes out of It's yeah. funny because my husband and I used to go on holiday every year for quite a few years to Corsica. And like ordering lunch, he's Aussie, so he relied on me to order oh, wow. lunchtime. And I don't remember all the French went back to school. But by nighttime, out dinner after a few hours, <laughs> yeah. it, it came, came back. back. Yeah. It's a confidence <laughs> thing. It's so funny. It just opens thing. up part of the brain. Yeah, the same thing in Paris. I got, I came off, got off the flight, jumped into a cab, and the taxi driver started to speak to us, and I just froze. But that night, after a few drinks and enjoying myself, yeah. um, jumped into a cab on the way back to the hotel and I, I spoke French all the way home. <laughs> you in, thought you spoke French. French. <laughs> it was double Dutch to everyone else. I was responding. <laughs> he was responding to what he was saying. And all that, yes, yes. So no, yes, yes and no. No, I, I can't speak French. Yes, I can speak French sometimes. Oh, listen, thank you so much for coming on again, John, and nice to see you again, Neil. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Take care. Thank you. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.